Welcome to another installment of the Stew Pod, where this week we have one MVP, and I'll tell you what, it is not me and it is not Chris. What's up, Chris? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for the shade there. Uh, but we, but I, I am excited because we have the actual MVP. And as, uh, our, as our resident nerd on on the show, I will let you introduce him. Who is he? Yeah, and it's Mike Trout, Los Mike Angeles Trout, Angels yeah. outfielder. Doesn't really need an introduction. If you're listening to this, you uh, you're well aware of who he is. But we got him on the stew pod, yeah. and uh, it's pretty exciting. Excited about that. We have, I would say, our first proper stew pod in a long time. We have Bad News Ramen joining us for three strikes. Chris and I kind of delving into some topics. So uh, we haven't done, I don't think we've done like sort of a long stew pod no. in a while. And um, we, are, we are back at that now that I think we've kind of settled into the off season. We're not, you know, dealing with winter meetings and, and playoffs and all that kind of stuff. So I think from here forward, we'll get we'll get back to usual stew pods. But uh, I would say this is this is somewhat unusual, though. I mean, we got the, the guy that just won the MVP like, what, six weeks ago? So uh, yep. we'll, we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about uh, kind of what he what he's up to these days, what, what he does in the off season since his you know contract situation is all kind of handled. He doesn't really have to worry about you know signing deals or anything. Uh, we talked to him about the the idea that the Angels are wasting his prime, which uh, I think he had a good answer to that. And uh, I think some other fun things. We we did even work in the weather and what uh, what he's expecting for Christmas if he's going to get some snow. So I think I think that's fun. So uh, everybody. Here's our interview with Mike Trout. We are back on the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports, and it is our great pleasure today to be joined by the reigning AL MVP, uh, one of the best players in the game, and uh, one of the partners in Body Armor, who uh, we're going to talk to him about all that stuff today. Mike Trout, how you doing, Mike? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing pretty good. So I, I saw on your Instagram page that you were uh, looked like you were kind of out and about in, in Millville doing some stuff, uh, going to some of your old haunts. W- what are you up to today? Yeah, um, I woke up obviously, and uh, yeah, I went hunting and I uh, went around Millville. Uh, I love coming back home in the off season. Uh, you know, it's you know it's a place that uh, you know welcomes me back. You know, I see a lot of family and friends and. Now I'm at a uh, a photo shoot right now, body yeah. on photo shoot. I wasn't sure if you were maybe you're doing some kind of like commercial or something like here's where I went to high school. Here's my favorite place to favorite place to eat in Millville or something. I, I was trying to put <laughs> yeah, together the pieces. Just, I was just letting the, letting the fans know like see see what that was all about. So you mostly you mostly live out there, right? Still or have you moved? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Got a house with my fiance. How is it like kind of being you know you, you go off and you're MVP, best player in baseball, and then you kind of come home to where where you grew up. I mean, how are you treated by the people there? Uh, yeah, they welcome me, and it's uh, I like seeing uh, a lot of my friends, and obviously going to like restaurants or going out to uh, you know just get you know stop at you know a gas station to get gas or just anywhere you know at a at a deli or and just seeing people you know uh, congratulating me and um, you know it makes you feel good. Are they used to seeing you, or is it still kind of like a shock when they see you? Do they um, rush you for autographs and stuff? You know, it uh, depends where it is. If it's uh, you know, a regular place I go, no, people people know I go in there. But if it's something uh, a little different, you know, it's a little surprise to them. Uh, so, Mike, I've got to ask you about the MVP this year. Uh, you, you won your second award. 
And uh, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how to phrase this. I guess you know, were you were you surprised at all about winning? Because while you got some of the hype, it seemed like at the end of the year, a lot of the storylines were maybe about uh, Mookie Betts and the Red Sox and some of the other contenders, and it seemed like you're almost flying under the radar. So were you surprised at all when, when you heard the announcement? Yeah. Um, you know, the past few years, you know, at all, if you, if the team doesn't make the playoffs, you know, it kind of, you know, knocks you out. So that was definitely a surprise. You can't take anything away from, you know, Mookie or Jose Altuve. It's uh they both are great, unbelievable players. And, you know, just to, to hear my name called and, you know, like I said, I tell everybody, you know, just to be in a conversation each and every year, um, you know, it's, it makes you feel good. Uh, I know a big segment of people who who really have supported your case over the years have been people who are into advanced stats and analytics. Chris um, is one does, of them. Yeah, I, I might I might be yeah. But but does that I mean does that get you into that stuff more at all, or are you just kind of like you know I, I don't really care. I'm, I'm I'm thankful for the support, but that's not really uh, something I'm interested in. As in you're saying like the the stats like like war yeah, like, like all war that. and. <laughs> All that um, crazy you know, stuff. I don't, that I, don't I, could... I don't look uh I don't look into that stuff as a player, you know, I just go out there and try to you know, help the team win and, and put up, you know, big numbers. I don't I can't tell you I'm not gonna tell you that you know, I'm trying to get a hit to get my war <laughs> higher. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't I don't I don't really understand what even that means, but I know it means wins above replacement. <laughs> That's about as all that I know. So I don't really look into that stuff now. Yeah, you're pretty good at that stuff, so um, yeah, and then, you know, the other, the other big thing to come out of all the voting, um, I don't know if you saw, but the, the Kate Upton tweets about the, the Cy Young award, um, this year and how, you know, Justin Verlander, some people think he got snubbed. Uh, I mean, is that, is that something that I guess, do the players think about the, the voting process at all? Or was that kind of a surprise to see that stuff? Um, you know, we, it's, it's always been like this, obviously with the voters, you know, there's a lot of other awards for, you know, uh, with players voting. You know, obviously right. some of the players want the award to go to, you know, voted on by the players. But you can't take take that away from the voters. You know, that's it, that's how it is each and every year. And um, you know, you can't take anything from Rick Barcelo. You know, he had a, he had an unbelievable season. Um, you know, great numbers, and you know, he won it. This time of year, Mike is you know we in our world it's all about contracts and trades and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, how nice is it for you to kind of be in a position where you're like, hey, you know, my my contract is pretty much locked in. Um, you don't necessarily have to worry about getting traded. Do you just kind of welcome that and be like, sit back and kind of you know do your workouts, go hunting, that kind of stuff, and not have to worry about any of those things? Yeah, you don't have to worry about seeing your name on trade rumors. Um, you know, it's one of the things when I signed my contract, I wanted to have a uh, you know, be able to wake up and knowing I won't be going nowhere. Um, it uh, it definitely you know relaxes you a little bit more, and you know it's just one of the things when you're waking up in the off season, you see when your when your friends traded or it's uh, you know it's tough. You seem like a guy who you know is not necessarily out for you know that that the drama or. or you know, to be in the spotlight necessarily. So is, is the, does that fit your personality? Are you just kind of like, hey, great, I can just worry about other stuff and, and not have to worry about this kind of stuff every December and January and whatnot? Is that, does that make you, as a person, feel comfortable? Yeah, no, you know, it's, um, uh, I don't even know how to say this, but um, like you said, just 
feeling comfortable where you're at. Uh, you know, going, you know, get, knowing your role, uh, knowing what you have to do, and you know, taking care of it. And you know, going out there as a as a baseball player and just play the game the right way. And you know, like you said in the off season, don't worry about you. You want to be comfortable, and you don't have to always have that thing on your you know that shoulder that you don't want to you know be traded or you know something other than that. So it's uh, like I said, it's it's very comforting. The other side of that coin, though, is you know the team around you. I mean, the Angels kind of have now the the the, the pressure to, to build a winner, and, and we hear a lot of that. I think you know in the last year or so, when when you know team obviously wasn't doing as well as they could have, that that oh the Angels are they're wasting Mike Trout's best years. Um, you know, when you hear stuff like that, like how do you, how do you respond to it? How do you process that? Yeah, I, I can. I have no control over. Obviously, um, Billy this year is, has done a great job to add, you know, get some uh, new additions to the team. You know, Espinosa is, is big, uh, made in the outfield, and it's not like we don't want to win. You know, we're that's our mentality going into the spring. We want to win the championships, and you know, it's uh, when people say they're wasting my years. You know, you, I can't control that. I go out there and just try to do the best I can, you know. Uh, Mike, one, you know, one of the big stories that has come up this week has been uh, the, the new kind of hazing rules around baseball. They've, they've outlawed yeah. um, some of the, the costumes that um, rookies used to be able to wear. Um, I, I guess, you know, I don't know how much you've talked to teammates or whatever about it, but w- what's your sense of, of the new rules um, and, and the changes that have kind of been dropped down this week? Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, you know, a lot of people have different views over it, but um, you know, as when I when I came up as a uh, as a you know young young kid in uh, 19, um, yeah, you know, that's one of the things you do. You know, that's what, how the veteran guys welcome you. That's how I looked at it, and I had I had fun doing it. Doing it, um, you know, with obviously the new new uh, rules now, you, you won't be able to do that. But um, yeah, you know, it was just like I said, it's like you know the veteran guys welcoming you, and you know you fit in, you feel fit in, and and, uh, you know, it didn't bother me at all. You feel like, uh, you know, the, there'll be maybe more creative ways to to do that? I mean, can, you know, a baseball team can bond in many different ways, it seems like. I know this was a tradition, but, um, yeah. you know, there have to be more creative ways to do it, right? Oh, yeah, there is. Um, you know, some sometimes it gets a little out of hand, but... Um... You know, it's it's that's how it's been for, for almost forever now. You know, it's uh, as a rookie coming up, that's the that's the thing you you know that's coming in September. That uh, you're probably going to get dressed up, and like I said, it's uh, it's it's a way to uh, you know, I'd say it's like a welcoming to the big league thing. Let's talk about your workout, some Mike. I know uh, you know we've seen in the past some of the videos that we see you've done, and other players do. Uh, take us take us a little bit about you know through your routine and is there something this year that you're necessarily working on or, or like a, a physical feat that you're that you're chasing? Um, yeah, well, it's all team. It's all it's all about the team. You know, I want to win a championship. You know, I want to make it to the playoffs, obviously, and uh, you know go from there. But um, you know, I want to get better in everything. Uh, I work hard every day um, to get better, stronger, faster. Uh, you know, Dan Richter is my trainer. He does a great job pushing me. Uh, and I, I, a lot of, I work out with a lot of buddies, so they uh, they push me as well. And we work out, you know, every night at 8.30, and we go to about 10, 10, 15. And um, it's, uh, it's a fun, and, you know, it's obviously tiring. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a workout, you know. It's, uh, 
it's what you have to do to get better and whatever it takes to get better it's what you got to do is there a reason you work out at night versus i know a lot of people kind of do do it first thing in the morning like is there a, is there a reason at night um i don't know it's just always it, it, it's just always how i did it um you know it makes me sleep better just come home take a shower <laughs> and go right to bed uh, um I don't, I don't know why I do it at night. Just that's what I do. I don't know. <laughs> how, how does how does body armor play into to what what you do, especially in the off season and the regular season? I know it's probably nice to have uh, something like that, just sort yeah. of on the go, right? Yeah, I uh, I was I cramped up. I cramped up a lot uh, when I was you know first coming in the league, and yeah, you know, I started drinking this to hydrate more, and it's uh, obviously helping me with. You know, cramps and just staying hydrated. Um, I'm always dehydrated because I'm always out there doing something, um, you know, during a game or even in the off season, you know, working out. So it's uh, it's definitely helped me. I, a couple of years ago, you had the I think the, I think it was two years ago that that box jump video you did and, and people you know put that all around and you see other athletes doing that. We saw this year, you know, yesterday or I think it was yesterday. I don't know if you saw Stanton just like you know with a hammer just beating a tire. Like what's what's the thing that you're doing this year in, in your workout that really is pushing you to, to kind of you know find like a new sort of strength or a new agility or something like that? Um, I want to say there's anything in particular. Um, just uh, I've been doing more you know time stuff opposed to you know a lot of reps. Um, you know, it just makes me work all the muscles at once opposed to you know doing like eight reps and then stop and you know, it's kind of a time thing there's only like a 10 second break between everything and it just uh, gets your endurance up and obviously you're still you know weightlifting uh you know mike you uh you make no secret about being an eagles fan and uh it's been kind of an interesting season <laughs> for the eagles this year they got off to that great start they've kind of stumbled lately i just wanted to give you a chance to talk about your team man what what's going on with the eagles this year yeah uh you know it's 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 positive uh, you know, going into the season, you know, obviously everybody wanted to go to Super Bowl, but uh, you know, reality was it's uh, it's it's a it's a year we got a rookie quarterback. Wentz has has been been unbelievable. Um, you know, it's it's he's fun to watch. Uh, he's got a great future. Um, you know, it's and I keep telling everybody this. You know, I go to a lot of games and they're always in the game at the end of the game. You know, obviously because the Seahawks game was a little out of hand, but. Uh, yeah, I went to a Red, the Redskins game and they were in it. Wentz you know, obviously fumbled, but uh, they were driving at the end of the game, the Detroit game. They, they fumbled. Um, and just, uh, you know, just a few things didn't go their way this year. Uh, but they're going to, I'm hoping they're finished out strong and, uh, you know, see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the yeah Wentz, I mean, that, that's that got to be exciting just to have a young guy like that around. Oh, yeah. Um, just a, he, he, Quarterbacks don't come along, you know, that often. Right. So just to have, just to have a, a good one, uh, obviously, uh, with the good ones now, you know, Brady the other night, it was uh, incredible watching him. But he's always, he's always awesome. So. Well, the team Chris likes their, their quarterback is Jay Cutler. So. Yeah, I'm a bit <laughs> of a Bears here. fan, so I've seen some bad quarterbacks in my life. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Something I noticed, uh, uh, again, on your Instagram page is just uh, you like to post a lot of stuff with fans, from fans. And I'm just curious if there's any particular, um, like, instance that you can remember with a fan, maybe something you received or just an interaction that you had that really sticks out in your mind. Yeah, I think, um, 
the biggest one is when I, um, I think it was in Detroit is when I gave maybe my batting gloves to a kid and, or something. And it was, uh, you know, it made him, it made his day. You know, he started, you know, hugging his dad just to see his reaction was, uh, you know, priceless. All right, Mike. We're going to end with your your favorite topic, man. What's what's the weather like out there in in, in Millville, and what are you guys what are you guys expecting for Christmas? Yeah, um, I don't think we're going to have a white Christmas, but um, we're supposed to get a few inches tonight, and you know next week it's supposed to get really cold Thursday and Friday, um, and you know next week's supposed to be rainy. So hopefully, get some snow. I love snow. So I feel like your voice changed up a little bit there. Like you got a little serious. Like you were. <laughs> like it like, was like the news, I, and you were giving I, us the report. I I, I enjoy uh, you know tracking weather for sure. I, I mean, everybody knows that by now, but it's, it's still it, it is oh, it yeah. is no less no less enjoying to hear you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. We appreciate the time, man. Good luck with everything. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. No problem. Man, I have not talked to my dude Bad News Ramen in a minute, and it is time for another installment of Three Strikes. Mr. Mister Bad News, how you been? I've been good. I was worried for a while. I thought, you know, you didn't care about me anymore. I was, like, on the side of the road with a sign that said, we'll podcast for food. It, w- it was so dire that I was going to write, like, a, I was going to send a, a Hallmark card to Swick and just go, like, I, I don't know what sway you have over my boy Mike Oz, but... Anything I did to offend you, you know, please, please take me back. So I'm, I'm glad that you finally called me because it, it was, it was some dark times during that time, Dean. We just haven't done it. We just haven't done a regular podcast in a long time. So yeah, trying to get I, back I, I to gotta, the regular podcast, which mean uh, we're going to do three strikes. Yeah, I, I got to be the victim. I cut you off. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, first strike. I got, I got to set is, you up, man. I hold up. You got. Well, I mean, it's been such. A, it's been a long time, Dean. Our chemistry is off. Yeah, I get that. The get chemistry that. is off. What's well, strike one? Strike one. So I'm going to eat a little crow, which uh, I hardly ever do. Um, I don't even know what eating crow means. Like, there, there was some guy I was working with, a guy the other day, and he's like, as the crow flies, I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And then so he explained it to me. I was like, man, that's that's way over my head. I, I come from the street, man. That's that's a different type of lingo that I'm, I'm used to. So um, <laughs> what, I'm, what I really mean to say is that I'm going to admit that I'm wrong. So yeah. uh, I have to uh, give respect to, uh, mad respect to Ian Desmond. I uh, hit him pretty hard last year when uh he said no to like this really good contract i think it was like a contract for like 60 million or something like that he wanted to hold out for more 100, 100 it was 100, yeah, 100 were, were they going to give him 100 million dollars last year and he said no to it, it was it was two years ago or, okay but yeah yeah we haven't been doing this for two years have we have uh we? Yeah, no yeah. well so what happened was he 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 turned it down it was an extension he turned it down hoping that he would get more in free agency and then he became a free agent. He just got like, you know, he sucked that whole year. And then he took like the one year deal with the Rangers. So, and then he just signed like a $80 million deal, right? Like a pretty decent deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. He signed uh, five years, which is, I think, a, a lot of money for him. Uh, yeah. a, lo- a long time for him, I mean. Um, Especially and, at his age. Yeah. What was it? Uh, it was with the Rockies. But it was with 80? Um, I think it was 80, yeah, with the 80, Rockies. Yeah. Which is funny into itself, but but the whole thing is, I mean, I mean, he it's kind of like the. Uh, there's another guy I got to bring up too, but um, you know, he bet on himself and he won. I, I, I that's a bet that I w- I would have never taken. I would have taken the under definitely on that. But you know, th- there was a time last year where Ian Desmond was probably one of the 
hottest players in baseball and everybody's like man Ian Desmond Ian Desmond so he had a good year it paid off the other guy that I wanted to bring up real fast if we can combine this into one strike it was, is it, was, a, it was five years and 70 million by the way just to five years but, yeah. but at his age at his age five years is like that's gold yeah, so i mean yeah. it's like now he can just write it out and yeah. just take his time and, and and he can be the player that he used to be before a guy that sucked but i mean the whole thing is like <laughs> hey at least uh, at least he it, it paid off for him Got but the money. guy that i do the guy that i really need to need to you know say hey you know you were right i was wrong was a uh, dexter fowler i mean you, i think you, you like kind of posted the story uh saying that he bet on himself and he got a major contract and you know good for him. Yeah, no, he I did. Mean, he he got uh, what fifty million from the Cardinals and uh, I mean I think it just goes to show the talent out there this year is you know not where it has been in years past and people are still going to throw the money out. So uh, you know even though it's like a weak class, like if you're good, if you're if you're decent, you're going to get money that is even I think beyond your your skill level right now. Well. Yeah, and, and that's like the thing with Dexter Fowler. Like, I mean, I mean, I know his his name is dropped in pitch, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, all star Dexter Fowler. I'm like, come on, dude. I'm like, Dexter Fowler ain't no all star, but apparently some people think he is. But you know, ten years ago, the, that fifty million would have been like ninety ninety five, right? So I mean, it's stuff is kind of leveling off, which will bring me into my professional segue, which is strike two. Strike two. So strike two. Um, I, and granted, it's been a while, and there's a lot of things that are consuming my. Uh, my attention span, but uh, I want to talk about the Yankees just because I- I'm thinking they're still in the Bryce Harper hunt, right? For like 400 million dollars or some crap like that. Supposedly. Is that is that still? Supposedly. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's get into Bryce Harper later. But the first guy I want to bring is that uh, you know uh, Cashman has been has just been like beaten by everybody, right? The Red Sox are doing better than him. Uh, the Cubs are doing way better than him. He's just like this guy that like started the whole thing, but now he's it, it's passed him by. But I, I must give him credit for signing Aroldis Chapman again. And normally you go like, well, why would you want to sign Aroldis Chapman? Because you signed him last year. You you guys aren't in game, so the closer doesn't mean anything to you. Like, why would you keep on signing this guy? Because they're not going to win anything next year either. And that's last year when they signed Chapman. I was like, dude, I'm like, they're not going to win any games. They're not going to be close in games. So we're just basically throwing all this money to a guy that we can't even use. But what this guy is doing is he's signing a Chapman so he can get another deal and trade him off in the offseason. Again, or not in the offseason, but when uh, playoff times start happening, he's going to trade him. And he's going to get a bunch of prospects. So I'm holding out hope the Yankees, the the stupid Yankees fan of me is like hoping like we can get some good prospects and maybe start turning the thing around again. So your your your, your Yankee fan hot take here is that they're going to trade a role to Chapman soon. They're going to trade him. Yeah, when when a team needs a closer, they'll trade him again and they'll they'll dump his contract. And they'll get a bunch of prospects like, like they did last time. And that, you're that's making, the only thing they can do. You're making the Yankees sound like the Marlins right now, man. They are the Marlins right now. I, I think the, Marlins, <laughs> the, the, Marlins have, the Marlins have a better outlook than, than the Yankees do. Um, but and then and that brings me to Bryce Hopper. Is like, you know, it's like, haven't we seen this mistake before? I mean, we've seen a two hundred million dollar before, uh, and it's totally fallen flat on its face. I, I don't know. I mean, so everybody, you know, and this is what I'm kind of the segue I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, fifty million for Dexter Fowler. You have. Um, 80 million or 70 million for Ian Desmond. And then you're, and then you're looking at the Yankees and they want to make a big splash and they want like 400 million for Bryce Harper. I don't know if Bryce Harper, I mean, Bryce Harper is a thing unto himself, but I don't know if he can carry that mantle. And maybe I can ask you this cause you've been around him more, but you know, like back then, like Reggie Jackson had the big deal and Reggie Jackson just like stirred stuff up. I don't know if Bryce Harper is that way. I think Bryce Harper's getting to that point where he's starting to look at his image He's starting to look at his brand. He wants to be the $400 million man, and I don't think you're going to get kind of that the certain intangibles that 
Bryce Harper has as of now because he doesn't have that big deal. He's in relative obscurity in, a, in the Washington market. When you put him on New York in the big stage, I think he's going to try to play a certain role, and I think he's going to lose some of his luster. I think the interesting thing to consider about Bryce Harper, I mean, we're talking at we're talking 2018 when he's going to be a free agent, when the Yankees you know, supposedly are going to give him all the money. I mean, he's going to be – I feel like he can be an entirely different person at that point. I mean, he's – you know – He's still what is that? He just turned twenty four. I mean, he's still young. So, Bryce Harper at twenty six could be very different than Bryce Harper at twenty four. If he, if he, if he comes back and wins an MVP and and really becomes like that guy and and just embraces it and and wants to become, you know, the the straw that stirs the drink. I think he potentially could. Um, so I don't think right now he's that guy. I think right now he still tries to play, you know, a, a little more humble. But if he wants to go take the four hundred million dollars, go to the Yankees. And embrace, you know, all that comes with with that, and then be a little bit of a heel. Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he could probably do it. Um, we'll see. Well, he, he would have to. He would have to go full heel mode. I mean, yeah. th- there's no there's no like baby face uh, aspect of him. I mean, if, if he, I will I will agree with you on that. I think if he goes full heel mode, I think I think we got we got something here. All I'm saying is that it's a very tough transition for a major star to get on the Yankees, especially with all the expectations that they have. I mean, you look, I mean, it's, it's like murderers row, right? Like you look at like Jason Giambi, uh, a rod took, you know, two years to figure it out. So, um, I don't know. I, it, I you know, I, I can certainly go like, I don't think anybody, you know, I can be like some old guy. I don't think anybody delivered for him. That's what the market is, dude. Yeah. And, and I, and, and we're going to get the whole thing. It's like, you know, he's in 248. That means for every hit he gets paid, I don't care, dude. It's like, <laughs> it's just what it is. Do I like it? No, I don't. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if the Yankees are going to pay for it and someone's going to take it and the market's available to do it, let the guy get his money, dude. Get him where you fit in. I was strike three. Uh, strike three. I'm, I'm going to leave it up to you because this is this is the topic that you wanted to talk about. And uh, why don't you go ahead and intro and then I can uh, I can drop the knowledge or drop the science. I I, I just wanted your opinion on the uh, the new hazing rule, which is coming out of the new CBA. And as we learned this week, basically, you, you are not allowed to force or suggest that rookies dress up like women like dresses you know bathing suits uh any of that kind of stuff it is now outlawed people of course have have you know some people who who are uh probably a little more progressive are like yeah about time and then some people who um you know think the whole world is is horrible and they're like oh another example of the wussification of america you know so i mean it's cut into the same argument that happens in our country it's been happening in our country like every day for the last year now it's just about baseball and dresses and and so where, where do you sit on this one well I, I don't want i don't want us to sit in a bus and have a conversation we record it and then i can't do this podcast anymore but um so my, my whole thing is I, I never i never understood the you know the reason why people need to dress up as women they think that's funny i've i've never been in the camp of like oh you dress up like a woman that is so funny it's like i know i have i would have some friends that would have pictures of themselves like dressed as a woman and think it's like the funniest thing ever it's like what's so funny about that you know it's like i, I wear dresses all the time i mean so <laughs> I, I just don't get the i don't get the appeal of that and, and the whole thing with hazing is that i mean i don't know if i'm the best person to talk about it because uh, the sport that I played was soccer, and if you hate someone in soccer and you're playing a scrimmage, and you want to try to haze me, I'd take you out. You know, I'd put you on the on the floor real quick. I don't care if I was a freshman and you were a senior. I mean, there there's certain you know, baseball has that thing. Football has a little bit too, where you can't. You know, the culture is like you know, you can you can be mean to a rookie or whatever it is, and, and the rookie can't do anything about it. I mean, what's the rookie going to do? He's going to walk by with a bat and go Tony Harding on you because you hazed him. I mean, it doesn't work that way. So, I don't know. I mean, is it the wussification of America? 
you know, it's, I think, you know what it is? It's like, just chill out. You know, everybody just needs to chill out. Who cares? <laughs> you know, it's like dressing up as a woman isn't funny in the first place. I mean, any, that's like, that's like a pun. That's like the lowest common, common denominator of like, you know, it's like slapstick comedy, right? It's like put some guy in, in a dress or put him in a Hooters outfit and I, you know, in hot pants and I'm supposed to go all crazy over it. It's just stupid. Eh? You can, you can, you can be more creative. I think is, is my, my take on it. Like, I don't have a problem with the idea of, you know, you're a rookie. You gotta, you gotta pay your dues. You gotta sort of become part of the team, and the, you know the kind of the team building that comes with it. But I just don't understand how that equals okay. Wear a dress, you know, because again, it's like I don't know. I'm, I'm a person who, if we do this every single year, like it's not funny anymore. Yeah, you know, because it's it's not clever. It's not funny. It's like think of something new. So. Um, you know, I don't know the year, the year the Yasiel Puig dressed up like Gumby. Like I thought that was interesting because like you don't see guys dressing up like Gumby all the time. So, um, uh, well, you know, there's there's it's it's the easy way out, right? There's no there's no uh, there's no thought process to like dressing up as a woman, right? I'm like, there's a, a lot of better things you can do. Like I used to work in a way back when I used to work in a meat department, right? So we're around we're on all this fat, we're on all this meat, and what we used to do is like we would take like a can. And we would poke the can with a knife, and the whole thing is that since since the knife was so sharp, it, it would make an indent in the can, and it wouldn't spill out. But the second that you try to drink it, it would dribble all over yourself, right? So we used to do stuff like that, and then people used to start covering it up. And I remember one time, like you know, the one of the guys poked a poked a hole in the can, and our meat manager was talking to us, and he's being all grandiose like I am right now. And then he sees the hole, and he's like, "Hey, he's like." He's like, you know, oh, this would be a long time since you get me on one of the, on one of these stupid tricks. So he takes a bit, he covers the hole, he takes a big old gulp. And all of a sudden, he spits out all this pig fat that the guy put in. So I mean, there's other ways. There's other ways to, to do this. And it's even like with the your boy was it Jobu or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can you can drink his tequila and stuff, and then you can fall or whatever. You know, and like there's other ways to do it. I mean, there's a lot more things you can do. Shoe polish is one of them, right? Like, you know, put shoe polish on some guy's phone, and then it, it gets all over his ear. I mean, it's, there's easier stuff to do that instead of like dress up as a woman. I mean, any, any geek on the street can can dress up like a woman and think that's funny, right? Any geek on the street. I guess we've we've reached our. Uh... We reached our end when we dropped the any geek on the street. It's, it's sort of our, sort of your code word, man. Your uh, it is. You got to drop it every time. Time for me time. to go. <laughs> I, I got I got so mad I got to get out of here. Bad news, Ramen. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll be back next week with more three strikes. This is the Stew Pod. We are back on the Stew Pod. Thanks to Bad News Ramen for joining us and talking all of his Bad News Ramen things. And thanks to Mike Trout for also being here. Um, you like how I did that? Like Mike Trout was also here with Bad News Ramen. Was there? Yeah, right. <laughs> thanks to Mike Trout for also stopping by. Uh, Chris, I, I wanted to pick up what, what, what Mr. Ramen and I, Mr. Bad News, were talking about because I think it's, a, it's an interesting topic. Um, the hazing thing has kind of been a, a story that people have been talking about all week. And like when I saw it on Good Morning America – Earlier in the week, that's yeah, I was right. Like, oh, this right? is this is sort of a, a topic that's going to transcend baseball a little bit. Um, and I thought it was interesting. Like Michael Strahan, they had him talking about it. Which of course, was an ex athlete, and he was, you know, just sort of like, yeah, we wouldn't do that in football. And I think it's interesting that I mean, you know, obviously all sports haze and all sort of, you know, things where you have some camaraderie or, or teammates or whatever, be it a workplace or a fraternity or whatever. You know, there's some sort of, of hazing. But I feel like baseball is the one that really is just hung up on this, like, let's make you dress up. 
Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know. I don't know why, but I mean, it's just something that baseball's done, and, and they still can make people dress up. So, you know, you could dress up like Gumby or, or wrestlers or whatever. If anything, I like we said to Mike Trout and like I said to Bad News Ramen, like just be more creative. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to wear dresses. But uh, so, where, where do you fall on this? We we kind of heard a little bit of your your opinions uh, when we talked to Mike Trout about it. But um, well, I guess what's been the what's been the thing in the, in the conversation that's ensued that has stood out the most to you? Well, I think I mean there's a couple things like that, that you already hinted at a little bit. Uh, baseball is just rooted in tradition, so like they're just the sport is so hesitant to change anything that I'm not I'm not surprised that we have all these former players coming out and, and complaining because that's just just what happens, right? And this is such a stupid thing to dig your heels in on because, like you said, they can dress up as other things. So I remember in the hours after this came out, people were passing along the photo of, I think, Hyunjin Ryu, his rookie year, he was dressed up as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. Like That's way more hilarious to me than putting someone in a, a waitress outfit or cheerleader uniform so i would much rather see the safe off marshmallow man walking around like again be just be more creative and i don't see how that's a bad thing and i also feel like if a, a point that's been made and a point that i think uh liz rocher made on on our site uh was that it's not necessarily the the baseball players who are offended here but it's offensive to women who love and watch the game and i just feel like if you're gonna, if if women are offended by this, that's a big part of their of baseball's viewership. So I don't, I just don't get why people would want to willingly alienate some of their audience, especially an audience uh, that large. It's, it's a, I think a argument that we've seen, you know, especially this year with the election and everything that, you know, people, I think want things to stay the way they are and don't want to think that. You know, things are being changed because someone's complaining about it. But at the same time, like, you know, there's also this thing where people don't, I think, have or don't look at things in an empathetic way and say like, oh, well, why why might someone be offended by that? Let me try to understand that instead of just dismissing it and being like... In my day. Yeah, and and just marginalizing those opinions. Uh, So, I don't know. I think that in in some way this is probably going to come and go because the people who get up in arms about this they're going to be up in arms about the next thing that happens you know in a couple days that, that fits the exact same thing it's not going to be related to baseball it's going to be related to something entirely different um meanwhile you know i don't i don't necessarily think that, that baseball is going to suffer because of this i think it's just sort of something that people are going to get worked up about for a week and then kind of on to the next thing and you know we made the comparison to other sports but i mean in, in football like we we've heard a lot about this what do they make the rookies do like you're you're buying us all dinner you know right and i guess i'd be i'd be curious to know like would you rather <laughs> if you're a veteran right would you rather look at a guy in a in a dress or would you rather him buy you a nice dinner like i don't know man i'm gonna pick the dinner pretty much every time yeah but what's worse as a rookie i mean i could see how how you would prefer you know to dress up at that point because you're making a lot of money but i'm sure that these dinners are not cheap i think they're, I, think I feel like they're both bad. I don't know. I think know. we've hit a really smooth transition here because the next topic we want to talk about was um, the, a post you wrote about today and the the Brave GM talking about basically how hard it is or how much you got to pay your dues to get a job in baseball. And we're talking about the other side here, like working in the front office and how 
you know, you shouldn't expect to make a lot of money and all those kind of stuff. And I'll let you set it up a little bit. But, um, you know, I think it is sort of the, the same interesting thing. Like if you're young and in baseball and you're trying to work in the front office and they want to kind of make you part of the team, you're probably going to pick to wear the dress because um, you don't have any money to buy everybody a nice steak dinner. So, um, but what was, what was your take on that story? Because I think we might actually have somewhat of a different opinion here. Yeah, well, I think if you look at the response from from John Capalella, he's he's saying, you know, don't worry about the money. And I I do think there's uh, how do I want to phrase it? There's a useful piece of advice in there, which is maybe you know care more about your experiences. Those things might be more valuable than. Hey, you're just saying the stuff that I said to you earlier. Look, these, these are my these are my opinions. I, well, I'm I'm proactively getting ahead of your argument because oh. in this industry it's bullcrap. Because nobody makes any money, uh, especially early on. I I put this in the post, but like if you look at a, a baseball job listing, they're ridiculous. They require so much, and few of them offer compensation. The one I posted uh, does offer compensation, but that's because. Um, the job, the job postings on Fangraphs, they're, they're all compensated. I, I got that confirmed. So uh, most of them won't pay you, and if they do pay you, you're not going to make a lot of money. And it's just a lot of demands and a lot of hours. And you just have to be in the perfect life situation to be able to take these jobs and have enough money to survive. So that's, that's kind of, I guess, my short argument there. Uh, it's just terrible advice for someone trying to get into baseball but i guess and, and so the, the two points you kind of made one of them for me the two points i had was one i don't think that's unique to baseball i think that's probably a lot of jobs where you know you come out of school and for the most part you're not walking into a situation where you're making a ton of money and can afford to live you know the way you want to or the way you hope to live in 10 15 20 years um i i don't think people should work for free so let's also kind of separate that but I, I don't think that you should not take a job that you think is, is beneficial for your career um, that sets you on the right track because you're so concerned about I'm not going to get enough I'm not going to have enough money to you know kind of do some of the things that I want to do um, obviously you should you know try to make a living wage and, and have a place to live and, and all that kind of stuff and eat food and whatnot but um, I, I guess I looked at the thing about don't worry about the money, as in don't be the don't let that be the main thing that makes your decision, because I think that's absolutely true in, in a lot of fields in, in your first job. And I mean, to be clear here, we are talking about someone who says they are, you know, a college graduate. I, I would assume, you know, kind of first job um, in, in talking to some of the job seekers at, at the winter readings. You did this last year. I did it a little bit this year. Um, I mean, the thing is, there are so many people who want to work in baseball, right? And who I are willing, here. who are willing to take those jobs. That you know, the the market is so diluted that, in in effect, you know, they can they can do that um, until there's a shift to where all these people don't want these jobs. Then you know, that's kind of the situation baseball is going to be in. Yeah, I think that's the big difference is that th- there's no incentive for baseball to ever change these rules because you're always going to have somebody competing and looking for that job, which I guess I can't make a great comparison, but I would just say like, if this was happening in, I don't know, accounting, it well, this whole thing, this is just a ridiculous example I'm going to give, but you know, if, if, a, if entry level accounting positions weren't 
paying people enough money, I feel like those people would funnel off into other jobs because I don't know anyone who's going to love accounting as much as a person looking to work in baseball is going to love doing that. So at some point, the, uh, the the powers that be, the accounting powers that be, would have to raise the the salary for entry-level jobs. And that's just not going to happen in baseball. So does that ridiculous example make any sense to you? Um... I mean, it, it'll never happen, but I mean, I that's, guess. that's what I'm going with. I, I, I think we also have to, because I saw a lot of... I, okay, first of all, I didn't look at this in the, the Twitter space. I didn't see all the outrage or anything. That, I mean, that was probably good. I, probably I, good I, read it, I read it in our Slack, and then I was like, I, I, don't, I don't see why that's, why that's so horrible. And I, you know, I considered the, the, the opinions other people are making, and I, I understand the idea that it's a hurdle to diversity. But, I mean, everything that he's saying... I think is is in its own if you're looking at them like like their own little pieces. Good advice for someone, you know, trying to get into the job market. Look for an internship. Absolutely. Like get some experience in what you're going to do. Don't worry about the money. I've already kind of talked about this one, but yes, like don't don't let the money be the thing that decides where you're going to work. Work hard. Of course work hard. Like try to get the most out of it at your first job. Um, you know, it's a place where you want to try to learn as much and gleam as much and take risks and do all that kind of stuff. And um you know, don't don't have expectations, which to me, I, I look at that and I see, you know, don't go in there thinking that, you know, you're the most important person. You're going to do whatever you want to do. Um, so, I mean, I don't think any of this is bad. I think where it gets sketchy is when you look at it and say, OK, well, you know, you're the Braves and you guys make this much money and you just got the public to finance your new stadium and blah, 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 blah. But let's also take it for what it is. I mean, it's a tweet. You know, someone asked him a question and that was his answer. Um, it, it's not like he, you know, etched this into the new CBA or something. I mean, it's a, you know, 140 characters maybe, um, of advice. So I don't know. I just, I just don't see, I, I don't think that it's worth the outrage that it's getting on Twitter. I think some, some of the outrages maybe has gone too far, but I also feel like it's just a unique industry where, like his advice works maybe in other industries, but but not in baseball where the demands are just so high. I mean, they're asking you to work like sixty to eighty hour weeks, and I think it just gets a little ridiculous. So I can agree with you in other places, but not in this instance. I would say you're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, whoa. sorry. The, uh, the 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 rare Mike Chris disagreement. Yep. We probably should find more of those topics to disagree. <laughs> That might make for good radio. Yeah. Well, I mean, so then people can always know that I'm right and see see the error in your in your ways sometimes. Right. Exactly. You want to talk about free agents, right? So let's. I think I think we should. Uh, yeah. Let's get into some free agent talk. So, uh, you know, we've seen a couple signings. Nothing too major, I would say. I mean, the closers are off the board. Cespedes is off the board. Uh, you still have two pretty interesting hitting names out there, and that would be Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Batista. At least in my mind, those are the, the most interesting guys left. And I guess there's been some sense that you know maybe Encarnacion won't get the money he was looking for, and that could open up the market to some strange fits as far as like teams that maybe we weren't thinking about earlier in the offseason. You, like you mean like the guy on my Facebook page who asked me, uh, what are the chances that the Giants are going to get him? And yeah, like, exactly. Uh, 0.5%. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Batista, who it just seems like 
the market's been extremely quiet aside from the Orioles telling him our fans hate you and the Rangers not being willing to sign him, uh, which makes sense because he got punched in the face there. <laughs> and so I, I guess uh, my, my question to you is uh, where are these guys going to go? Will, will, will Encarnacion make that money? Or is he going to have to go to like some weird team for a really low-cost deal? I think he'll get the money. I don't. I don't. I don't kind of understand the all of a sudden why people are scared of Encarnacion. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't see that. Like, oh, um, you know, Mitch Moreland got got a deal with the Red Sox. I guess that yeah, means no they one can't likes sign him now, right? In, in, in Encarnacion anymore. Like, like really? I don't know. That's 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 kind of like. Uh, I see you got a. I see you got a big wheel at your house. I guess you can't buy a car. Yeah. Like, two different <laughs> things, man. Um, so, I, I mean, I, th- I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get his payday. I mean, whether he gets a hundred million or whatever, you know, that that kind of remains to be seen. But um, and I think it'd be fantastic if 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 he sort of just kind of sits there for a little bit and, and the Indians make the play and get him. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but I, I don't think we're gonna see sort of. You know, Edwin Encarnacion turned it into some kind of like Dexter Fowler thing last year, where we're like, I wonder who's gonna sign, like who's gonna sign him for one year and whatever. I, I don't, I don't know that he has to go and rebuild his value somewhere. The market is there. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll get paid. I think Batista's different. Um, you know, because he's old, he's not really a a bastion of health. Uh, you know, there's question marks there. I, I, I mean, I feel like the Blue Jays are probably the best spot for him. Um, if, if they can get past whatever contract issues they had before. And, I mean, I think as it ticks on and as we hear, you know, not a ton of interest about him, um, you know, that probably becomes more and more likely, I would assume. So I agree on both counts. So now we're back to uh, agreement hour. But uh, I w- I'd love to see Cleveland get in on Encarnacion because it just seems like the perfect fit. Uh, I guess you just worry about how much they can pay him because you don't think of them as a team that spends a lot. Yeah. But I also, I, I kind of, I, I keep comparing it to the Prince Fielder situation from however many years ago it was now where he was on the market in January and everybody was like, oh, he's not going to get paid, he's not going to get paid. And then the Tigers came out and gave him that massive deal. So I just feel like, you know, Encarnacion's getting his money. It's going to happen at some point. Some yeah. team's going to pony up. And yeah, with, with Batista, I, I agree too. He might have the harder issue because it seemed like his demands were certainly much higher before last season started. He didn't really help his case with a poor year as far as like injuries and his batting average. And uh, I, I could see him having to settle for less uh, just to be with the team. And maybe that'll be the Blue Jays. And that'll I, I'd be kind of cool with that, seeing him go back and have another year or two there. That, that would be fun. So I think it makes the most sense for him. I, I mean, yeah. unless... I mean, I guess that's where a team like the Giants might have a better chance. You know, if if, if you're gonna look right. for try to get a guy on like a one year deal, that's not too bad. I mean, it's Batista. It's not you know Encarnacion. Um, so I I feel like you know as 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 it becomes a little more desperate, maybe we might see a team sort of you know make a play for Batista that we wouldn't have expected. But um, I I don't know that some team is gonna magically find 100 million dollars to sign. Incarnacion and right. uh, but I, th- I think I don't know I feel like this this offseason has sort of this thing going where the desperation is is sinking in a lot earlier and I kind of wondered how it would go like if 
if people would be like, well, the market's not very good, so I'm not going to pay a bunch of money for stuff. Like, I'm not going to, you know, overpay because there's not a lot out there. But I feel like people are, you know, definitely spending the money. Um, so is, is someone out there going to freak out and all of a sudden be like, oh, we got to pay Encarnacion, you know, $95 million. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, is, is the point I'm making here. Uh, because, I don't know, man, this, this offseason has been, has been pretty strange be, between sort of the lack of free agents and the hauls you're getting for for trades. I mean, the, the, the prices on, on on trades are looking huge. So um, if we see another another big trade, all of a sudden that, you know, I think changes the market for some of these guys. Well, I also feel like you have a situation where the longer it goes on, uh, t- more teams will convince themselves to spend that money too. Because, like, Detroit wasn't a team. We expected them to sell, I guess, at the beginning of the offseason. Now they haven't done anything and so if it's suddenly January and let's say, you know, Jason Hamill's still out there or Ivan Nova, who are, you know, probably two of the best pitchers on the market, are is Detroit suddenly saying, hey, wait a minute, uh, we can maybe sign these guys and, and actually make a push for the playoffs. So I feel like that's that's where you'll see the, the big money come in on like Encarnacion. And and in I mentioned the pitchers for a reason. It's because uh they're awful, Mike, and uh, <laughs> I just don't know. I, I fully expect those two guys I just mentioned to get more than $10 million a season, but I guess I'm wondering if, if you were in charge of a team, or maybe, maybe it's not even that, but would you do it, and do you think they'll get that much money? Um, I, I mean, I agree with you that it's kind of hard to, to pony up on these guys. I feel like... Like Nova, I mean, there could be some potential there. It's because he's kind of shown glimpses of it, and you have to buy into that second half, which which worked out for Jay Happ. Yeah, you got you got to buy into the 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 Pittsburgh pitching factory. You know, right. you got to buy into the fact that they've unlocked something in him. Um, which maybe, but yeah, that's tough. I like I've never liked Jason Hamill. Like, I, but I mean, he was pretty good last year, so. I, I guess it it becomes the same thing I said before, like the desperation. You know, how desperate are you going to get? Because after that, like, who's the next pitcher? Um, I'm actually scrolling through the list. I, I am too. Yeah, Brett Anderson. Yeah, probably is, Brett Anderson is your next best starting pitcher. You get like sixty good innings out of him. Derek Holland signed yesterday, um, and and Brett Anderson. What we're, we're talking about, like a what at least seventy seventy five Twitter account, but. Um, yeah, you know, like who knows what you're going to get on the mound. Um, and you know, he's, he's good when he's healthy, but sometimes, uh, he's, he's, well, not sometimes he's often, you know, not often. So the, the the list you're referencing is Jeff Passan's list, by the way, which people can look up, but I, I want to read through a couple names right after him just real quick. Uh, Travis Wood would be the next he, and he is maybe a reliever and a left fielder potentially. Doug Fister and uh, Yolis Chassin. So those are, and then Colby Lewis. So th- that's that's what we're looking at pitching wise. Is is Doug Fister now the perpetual one year high upside deal that just never happens? Yeah, yeah, because I don't know that there is high upside anymore in that arm. Yeah, he looked so, good for a while, man. He looked good for a minute. It's uh. It's just a, a brutal situation. I mean, there's no pitching out there unless you're going to go out and make a trade for a guy. So 
But, uh, yeah, it all goes back to these trades, right? You gonna I go mean, get you gonna go get Trevor Cahill and convert him back to a starter? That doesn't seem like a great <laughs> plan to me. Joe Blanton, you you could do a whole you could do a whole rotation of like Joe Blanton, Trevor Cahill, all these guys that you're gonna turn back into into starting pitchers. Maybe that's the Padres' plan. Maybe that's what they're gonna. We're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna wait out. We're, our our, pitch, our pitching rotation is gonna be Jake Peavy. Oh uh, God, Jared Weaver. Trevor Cahill. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine what that would be? Oh man. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be much worse than what the Padres are going to run out there as is. So I don't know. I don't know well, what to make of it. I, I but as as we've gotten further in this discussion, I think I might I might justify paying more than ten million dollars for Jason Hamill and Ivan Nova. I mean, just, well, just based on what else is out there. You know, as, as I've scrolled down the list, I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I guess so. I guess your value, you know, is is based on what else is out there and, and what you can get. Because I mean look look at how much look at how much people are getting in trades. I mean look look what Chris Sale brought back. Right. So I mean look what look what Adam Eaton brought back. The right. price is Jose pretty Quintana high. will probably bring back similar. Yeah. yeah. So So I mean, I don't know, twelve million for Ivan Nova by comparison, uh, not bad. But less you than have a qualifying to be, offer. Like if you're doing that, you have to be pretty certain you're you're getting to the playoffs with that guy. So like the Dodgers that it makes sense to me that they would sign one of those guys because they're in a great spot. They'll probably be in the playoffs. Getting one of those guys helps you get there. The Rockies, yeah. I know they're trying to go for it now, but I don't see a for sure playoff team, and so it scares the hell out of me if they're going to give Ivan Nova thirteen million per year to win seventy nine games. So what you're what you're telling me is the Angels should not be pursuing Ivan Nova. Yeah, exactly, okay. but but it certainly seems like that's the place Ivan Nova is going to go. Like it'll Mariners. just be some questionable team. The uh, hold on, I'm trying to think. The Astros, right? I mean, because the Astros are one of those teams that. Well, the, I feel like the Astros would be a good fit because yeah. they're they're close enough in my mind that y- you get a guy who could win, who could give you one or two wins above replacement. There's my advanced stat for you. <laughs> and uh, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, just stop listening to the podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there it is. The, the Astros, great idea, Mike. You heard it here first. When it happens, we'll credit you. Can I can I ask you, Chris, on a personal level, since we're very deep into the podcast now? Did it did it pain you when when Mike Trout, the the poster boy of advanced stats, told you that he doesn't really care about advanced no, stats? No, man. Because come on, if you've seen Mike Trout do any interviews, you know he doesn't care about that stuff. Yeah, but he said he said it directly to you, Chris. It was your question if, that you asked uh, him. If it was uh, if it was Bryce Harper, I'd be more hurt because Bryce Harper, in my mind, he he's got that personality. I feel like he uh, he would appreciate that stuff. So if Bryce Harper lets me down to my face like that, or I guess not to my face, but you know what I mean, uh, I'd be a lot more disappointed. All right. Well, I just wanted to say I kind of felt bad for you a little bit when it happened. No, it's all right. If he if he uh, ripped me over like weather, I would be a little offended by that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know that Mike Trout's passionate about that, and it comes from a place of, uh, of like real disgust. Probably if he was if he was just ripping me. Well, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna stop now. I think we'll talk to you again before Christmas. But um, we hope that the weather wherever you're at, on behalf of the Stew Pod and Mike Trout, like that. we hope that the weather wherever you're at is wonderful. We'll see you next. Oh no, we got to do plugs, 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 plugs. Tell them, Chris. Do, yeah. Tell them. Well, hopefully where you're at the winner allows you to get on the internet and rate and review us in itunes good one good one yep Uh, you can do that pretty easily you just have to search stew pod 
and uh, give us five stars. Hopefully, write us a little review. If you're nice, we might read it on the show. And uh, that's it. That's all you have to do. It takes about five seconds. So that it would be a great Christmas gift to uh, to give to Mike and I. Yeah, and Mike Trout. He, he would also like to hear And that. Mike Trout yeah. as well. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you next week on the Stew Pod. Bye, everyone.